You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show to break down this free agency frenzy, frenzy we have John Kegley, one of the original members of the show. We are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been covering the Chargers together, hosting the Locked On Chargers podcast for the last four seasons, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, free agency started with a bang, and the Chargers really got off to a hot start that really no one saw coming. I mean, I know we all know that Tom Telesco is not the guy that jumps in in free agency and starts signing guys left and right. But of course, on Monday, that's exactly what happened. The Chargers made three big-time moves, but before we get into them, thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans who are checking back in with us again. If you don't already, the fastest and easiest way to get the show is to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, but... Where do we start, boys? I mean, so much exciting stuff happened on Monday. I guess the biggest one is the Chargers got the biggest free agent target they were after. Corey Lindsley, the former Packers center, comes to the Chargers on a five-year deal. We're going to get into that at the end of the show today. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about something we talked about last night, being worried the Chargers wouldn't be able to bring back Michael Davis. He is back with the team on a three-year deal on a pretty good cost contract. I mean, very excited to release those terms to you guys. The Chargers giving themselves a lot of flexibility. And the Chargers weren't done improving the offensive line. And we're going to start the show by talking about how the Chargers brought in former Steelers guard Matt Filer to help protect Justin Herber. I mean, so many moves to get into. I mean, even more around the league. But let's go ahead and get into it. We will be talking about some of the players on the Chargers who have moved on to other teams like Rayshon Jenkins going to the Jags, even Nick Vigil going to the Vikings, a lot more coming in and the rest of the week. But we have to start here, David, with the Chargers finally looking committed to fixing the offensive line. They now have their franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. We all know, you know, the struggles they had trying to put a competent line together in front of Phillip Rivers for really the past 10 seasons. And they end up starting it with a bang. They get Corey Lindsay, but later on the day, they double down with this guy who we're talking about right now, Matt Filer. And this is a guy that we have talked about before as a potential option for the Chargers, a guy that was one of the best guards on the market, actually gave up fewer pressures than Joe Thune did last year with the Steelers. And I mean, what a day and what a start. Matt Filer comes in to play next to Corey Lindsay as the Chargers begin their offensive line makeover. Man, does the middle of that offensive line sound so much better with those two guys in tow. It's definitely really exciting that the Chargers, we knew that they were going to have to make some upgrades at the guard position. They tried with Trey Turner last year. That experiment did not work out. They cut their losses on that. And unfortunately, Forrest Lamp uh, didn't play extraordinarily well last year. Uh, and it was really the first year that he was fully healthy to kind of show what he was capable of doing. But they bring in Matt Filer. He is an instant upgrade. 
He is a guy who brings some versatility as well. He played right tackle at a very high level for the Steelers for a couple of seasons before moving to left guard, where he also played probably even better than he played at tackle. But his versatility is going to be very important, especially when we only saw 40% of Brian Balaga's snaps last year from him. And we know that injuries are a little bit of concern. So the fact that he can play both positions at a very you know high level, competent level in the NFL, it's very exciting to see the Chargers bring in some Proven quality talent in the middle of that offensive line. The run game is going to be better. The pass game is going to be better. Just a phenomenal move for the Chargers. And hopefully they're not done. Yeah, and the thing is, even with all of these deals, they've given themselves space to still be active in the market. I mean, that takes some serious salary cap handling by the Chargers. And it seems like they have one of the better guys involved in doing it with Ed McGuire. But the total deal was three years 21 million dollars and that is from adam schefter but yeah you talked about forest lamp i told you matt filer gave up 16 total pressures last year and 621 pass blocking snaps forest lamp gave up 38 pressures in 729 pass blocking snaps john so this is a big upgrade for the chargers i know we wanted to see more from forest lamp and i think we all assume at this point that filer is coming in to play left guard he will be a big improvement there now you have two guys playing right next to each other who are going to be major reasons that Justin Herbert is staying upright. And I do think this was a guy that we liked and another guy that even though they're signing him on day one, they didn't totally break the bank. I think it's right in line with some of the other deals that you've seen for guys like John Feliciano. A little bit more than that, but still happy that the Chargers got the deal done. Yeah, they got a good deal for this guy. And he also has played right tackle in his career as well. So you have a guy that can play two positions. And you only paid like $7 million a year for him, basically. So you basically got a steal. It's not like a huge steal. It's not like Keenan Allen in a later round draft pick kind of steal. But it's still a, a pretty decent deal that you got done here. And now that you have two offensive linemen that you signed, you're finally making progress here. Like This is the first time we can actually get excited and go, you know what? We could have a decent offensive line this year. We have three guys right now on this line. And we just got to fill the other two gaps, really. You could do that with the draft. You could do another free agent. But in the end, you have progress for ones. This offensive line is like 60% done right now as far as starting goes. And after that, you just got to sign some depth, which could be really cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, they still have two open spots at left tackle and at right guard as we see it right now. But especially with Brian Bulaga's failure to be able to stay on the field consistently in 2020, you definitely feel good that, you know, instead of potentially, you know, Trey Pipkins backing him up, you have a guy in Filer that can kick out there if they need him to and be able to play that position well. And there's still a lot of work to be done. This is a great start to it. And just, I mean, getting him for that number, being able to take him off the market in day one, being able to put two guys in front of Justin Herbert that are, you know, two of the better offensive linemen that he's played with to this point. I mean, I think it was an absolute steal by Tom Telesco, and it's just Crazy, David, to see Tom Telesco on day one of free agency going out and and signing guys. I mean, three players, three major moves on the first day of free agency. Yeah, I thought it was really funny to just be surfing around social media and seeing all the Charger fans 
go crazy that the Chargers didn't sign anybody in the first 15 minutes of free agency when you see all these other deals pop up and everyone else is on on there saying hey calm down you know the Chargers don't really make moves on the first day that's very typical of Tom Telesco and then bam the Chargers go out and they make not one but several moves on the first day of free agency and spend a decent amount of money on good players and they bring them in guys that are going to be impact guys that are going to help you immediately the Chargers don't normally do that but they really have haven't had this amount of cap space either those two moves that they made those two cuts that they made before the the onset of free agency began really gave them so much more flexibility to upgrade and use that money to attack other places i think they've done very well so far but like i said before i don't think they're done there's still several moves that need to be made and uh, but hey it's really exciting they got two good players uh, that are going to start on the offensive line and hey, you got to do everything you can to protect Justin Herbert. It seems like Tom Telesco is doing just that. Absolutely. And there's still some guys out on the market. I mean, I think that they will probably have some sort of left tackle probably coming in. I mean, there are some guys that could come in on the cheap that could be targets for the Chargers at this point. But this is a great start. I'm a big fan of Matt Filer. I know we talked about him even last year when he wasn't totally available as a restricted free agent that said that he might be a guy that the Chargers should start, another guy that the Chargers should target, and another guy who's not you know, super old either. So I think this was a great move by the Chargers in one of three big moves that they were able to pull off on Monday. Tom Telesco has been busy, and we're seeing Brandon Staley's imprint all over this. So the other big question we had yesterday was, will Michael Davis, once he tests the open market, still want to come back to the Chargers? Well, he's back, and we're going to break down the impact of that Coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Right now, it's March Madness, guys. The tournament is coming up. Place your bets there and make the most exciting sports time of the year outside of football. Even better with BetOnline.ag. You can put some money on some 16 seeds to make an upset and go for some major bank, or you can just pick a team to win If you have a really good feeling about someone and you'll still get pretty good odds on that because I don't think there's really any clear favorite at this point. So if you guys want to juice up your March Madness, make sure to go to betonline.ag. And because you listen to this show, you can even get some free money to bet with. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's free money to bet with with the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, only at betonline.ag. All right, guys. Well, if anyone listened to our show yesterday, I think there was a definite kind of panic. I wouldn't say panic's totally the right word, but we were definitely worried a little bit, John. By the high f- level of concern, a high level of concern. We were definitely thinking, hey, you know, if Michael Davis gets out there, you're not going to like what the price tag is going to be to bring him back. Because yes, there are some notable names out there on the free agent market, but there's almost no one that brings not only, you know, his skill set as far as his speed, his ball handling, which is getting a little bit better, but also, you know, his size and all of those things, but also be the age that he's at and be able to come in and contribute and really be on the verge of breaking out, honestly. I mean, he had his best season so far in 2020. There's no reason, especially now, John, under Brandon Staley, that he can't keep that going. I mean, this is a guy who 
has gotten better every single year. Even last year got better at tackling, which we didn't know would ever happen for him, right? And now it's just really exciting not only to see the Chargers brought him back because they did release Casey Hayward. They didn't have any clear replacement options for either one of those guys. And they get to bring him back on a somewhat reasonable deal, a three-year deal that's going to be worth $25.2 million, according to Mike Garofalo, with $15 million in guarantees. Well, you got a good deal from him, and he got to stay where he wanted as well. Apparently, he had so many other offers that he could have went for that were worth more money, but he wanted to stay home. So you got two things. You got a guy that's happy where he's at, who was willing to settle for less money to do it, and you got a star player who's young and on the rise. You're basically winning right now. You got First, you got Matt Filer. Now you got a guy who was on your team that was rising star basically young rising star that is was probably going to cost you a ton of money and you got a good deal on him and there's a bunch of incentives in his contract basically and all these like little bonuses so he's not getting ripped off by any means either this is a steal for the chargers as well and i I think it's weird i gotta say it it's weird that all these other years we have a salary cap and the tom telesco just sits back and waits for cheap little guys at the end and now that the salary cap's cut this is when he goes out and makes all these big splashing signings on day one. Like, it is supposed to be the opposite way. I mean, it's I still puzzle. Like, why did it take this for him to finally get all these deals done? But with Michael Davis being on this team now, this makes you less predictable when it comes to draft and stuff now. Because now, if it's the second round and Asante Samuel is Asante Samuel Jr. is available, it's not as obvious that you're going to get it. So now you have some ways to play around, make trades. And no one's going to want to move ahead of you to get him and stuff like that. Now you have ways to play around when it comes to the draft. It definitely gives them some more draft flexibility. And going back to what you're talking about, about him having other deals, Josh Tolentino put on Twitter, Michael Davis had more lucrative offers from multiple teams per league sources, but a big factor in re-signing with the Chargers was the opportunity to stay home. Davis is from Glendale, California, and he gets to build culture in L.A. with Brandon Staley and defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill with $15 million in guarantees. And I do think that was a major factor, David, and I do think that he could have easily gotten $10-plus million. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that a team would have been willing to give him that. Instead, not only does he come on a three-year deal, I mean, if this ends up being, you know, terrible, like Derek Cox status terrible, After two years, the cap hit, or the dead cap hit, I should say, is only $2 million. So they really built themselves an out after two years. And they get to keep a guy who, I mean, probably will be better under Brandon Staley, which is pretty crazy considering how much of a breakout season or a breakout last two seasons he's really had. Yeah, I think this deal could be like Derek Cox, but I think it's going to be more like Casey Hayward. I think you just really love what you've seen from Michael Davis from the beginning of with with his time with the Chargers. You always loved the size and the speed combination. We just kept on yelling on this show to turn your damn head around. I mean, it seems like we said that so many times a couple of seasons ago, but then he started doing it. He started turning his head around. He started becoming, a, 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 or really solidifying the fact that he was a good tackler. He The ball skills got better every single year. This is a guy who the Chargers signed as an undrafted free agent, and he's another guy that earned himself a contract with the team. And I think part of that is the reason why he resigned is this is the team that gave him an opportunity. It gave him a chance. 
and he bet on himself and now he's cashing in. But I think it's really rare that you have a player that this that's at this age that has this ability and you get him on a reasonable contract. I think you just have to tip your cap to Tom Telesco and for Ed McGuire for sticking to the philosophy of rewarding your own guys and re-signing them and taking care of them. You got to love that. You got to love that they bring that they brought back Michael Davis. He's going to be a good key contributor in this Brandon Staley defense. Absolutely. And I mean, going back to Ed McGuire, he's only going to have a $6.4 million cap hit in 2021. So the Chargers do have a lot of holes left, but they are leaving their options open. They bring back probably one of the best corners on the market. I mean, I think between you know him and William Jackson, I would say the best you know blend of ability and age, and as far as you know what they're going to do in the future, promise or upside. There's not many corners that have more upside than Michael Davis, and there's one guy that you really think could probably bring that out of him, and that's Brandon Staley. And you keep a really fast corner that's going to be able to keep up with the speedy receivers in the AFC West, while also getting a guy who was the Chargers' best cornerback. In 2020 with, you know, Casey Hayward Jr. and Chris Harris Jr. So I think this was a huge move for the Chargers. And John, I mean, I think that at this point, a lot of teams are still going to know, hey, the Chargers still need a corner because who's replacing Casey Hayward? So I wouldn't be surprised if there's another corner that they envision potentially bringing in maybe even a guy like Troy Hill to play on the other side of Michael Davis to really give themselves some flexibility in the draft. But they still have a cornerback position to fill. Oh, they definitely have another corner position to fill, but it's not as obvious now. If you have no corners that are worth starting going You're missing into the draft, two of them, that's crazy. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it, it, it becomes obvious. Like, they're probably going for Asante Samuel right here, and we want him. We're going to trade ahead of him. Or we know the Chargers are trying to trade up with us because they want this corner. So we got to make them really sell out all their draft picks to us or something like that, you know. But now that you have – one guy signed. Now it's okay. They could be going for this defensive lineman, or they could be going for this corner. Which one is it going to be here? Should we make the risk of trading? Like it makes people think. Now, you have a little bit more leverage when it comes to this. If you were to sign two, like Troy Hill, that's a good that's a good example of a guy that you could probably sign. That's could be your starter, or he just could be a good depth piece if you get a good guy in the draft. Now it's well, they have two two starting corners. But this guy is probably the future. Are they going to still go after this corner in the draft? It makes teams think. That's what gives you leverage. You have to make teams think. If it becomes obvious what you're doing, you have no leverage in the draft, and you start losing players before they even come to you just because they know teams know that you are going to pick them. Well, and the reason I like Troy Hill the most specifically for this team is I do think you can have him at a reasonable contract. He is going to be 30 years old by the time. And he's been with Staley. And he's had his best season ever with Brandon Staley as his defensive coordinator. But this, too, he can play outside corner for you this year. You can switch him and Chris Harris Jr. out however they see fit. And when you draft a cornerback, now you don't necessarily need him in year one, right? So now when Chris Harris Jr.'s contract runs out, now you can either kick Troy Hill onto the inside and have him play slot cornerback and put your young guy on the outside, or vice versa. You can spend a draft pick and get a really good slot corner and keep Troy Hill on the outside. But now you have to build the depth behind it. I think you still need to bring in another free agent corner at this point. And you still have to bring in a guy in the draft that you're going to feel good about, especially 
when Chris Harris Jr.'s contract runs out, when either, you know, Michael Davis or Troy Hill potentially isn't what you thought when you signed them up. I mean, there's a lot of situations that can happen, but being able to bring in another one, draft a young guy, let him sit a little while, I think is the recipe for success. But that's already two major moves that we've talked about. Both guys who are going to have huge roles for the Chargers in 2020. And we probably haven't even talked about the most talented guy because the Chargers just signed the best center that they've had since Nick Hardwick. So we're going to get into Corey Lindsley coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if there's any kind of auto part that you ever need, there's only one place to go, and that's rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why do that? Why talk to the guy and have him search up things on the computer or look it up in a book when you could just go to rockauto.com, put in the type of car you have, and a few easy clicks, you'll have whatever you need delivered right to your house, and you're always going to get the best price. Because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, rockauto.com is going to give you the best price available. So make sure if you do have something go wrong with your car and you get an estimate on a price for something, make sure you always check rockauto.com to ensure that you're getting the best price. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. And of course, it's Built Bar Madness time. The bracket is ongoing. Still a ton of great matchups. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about coconut almond versus peanut butter brownie. I mean, if you guys know me at all, you know where I'm going with today's matchup. Peanut butter brownie all the way. It's a slap in the face that it didn't get a first round bye. But at least you guys... The listeners, the fans all made it right and pushed them into the second round. I'm going peanut butter brownie all the way in today's matchup. I think it's moving on to the next round as it absolutely deserves to do. But just like always, all of the bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And you can save some money on Bilt Bars right now, guys, since you're our listeners. If you guys use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, guys. Well, we saved the best for last because, I mean, if there was one guy that we all had on the top of our free agency list, it was definitely Corey Lindsley, the former Packers center who would be a major upgrade for the Chargers at the position. But, David, at the same time, we didn't know what Tom Telesco was going to do. It's so untelesco like to bring in somebody who's at the top of their position that you know you're going to have to pay a top salary for to bring them in, especially the first day of free agency. Yet, that's exactly what happened. The Chargers, according to Mike Groffalo, are giving Corey Lindsay a five-year $62.5 million. He is now the highest paid center in the league and will get $26 million over his first two years. But now you get one of the most important positions on the offensive line fixed. The guy that gets everybody lined up, the guy that coordinates, you know, the quarterback off of the offensive line, so to speak. The Chargers have had struggled at that position for so long, whether it was Mike Pouncey or Dan Feeney or whoever it was. Now they get a guy who many people think is the best center in the league to snap the ball to Justin Herbert. Yeah, they get a commander in the middle of that offensive line. They they get a guy who has been blocking for a first ballot future Hall of Fame quarterback 
in Aaron Rodgers, a guy who is known for doing checks at the line, a guy who's been extremely durable and was an all-pro in 2020. This guy is the whole package. He was the number one rated center on Pro Football Focus, had a top four grade against the pass, and a top two grade uh, as a run blocker. He's just He does everything well. He's just he's a phenomenal offensive lineman. Yes, you had to pay him a lot of money, but you bring in a guy who has an incredible amount of experience and a resume of performance to back that up right in the middle, protecting your young phenom quarterback, Justin Herbert. I love the deal. I'm so over the moon about this. He's going to be he's going to come in and make an immediate impact, Daniel. I mean, you just can't be more excited that the Chargers went out and got the premier talent at the position in the NFL. Well, and you mentioned that he played with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers also loves to do the hard snap counts and it takes a lot of discipline to not snap the ball, especially with someone like Aaron Rodgers with how well he sells it. So, you have someone that's disciplined at the line and we've had so many holding and false start calls on this offensive line. This is a guy that could help change that. He can help lead the offensive line as a leader to become more disciplined while also himself helping with hard counts and stuff with Justin Herbert, which can help ease some pass rush. And although he's the number one center in the league now as far as his contract goes, the Chargers, of course, still gave themselves an out. I mean, he makes $26 million over his first two years. He'll make $36.5 million if he ends up going over three years, according to Albert Breer. But... Almost all of that guaranteed money is in the first couple of seasons. So after two years, if it's not working out, the Chargers can move on. And right now, this is them showing that they are committed to building an offensive line. And even though they are spending a lot of money on this, he's only going to be a $6.6 million salary cap in 2021. The Chargers are still players in this market. And I just think that's crazy. And talking about upgrades on the offensive line, this is from Warren Sharp, John. The Chargers 2020 center Dan Feeney allowed the most hurries, 24, and the most pressures, 33 of any center last year. Their new center, Corey Lindsley, allowed the fewest hurries, 1, and pressures, 4, of any center last year with a minimum of 700 snaps, and he also committed zero penalties. So you went from having Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney, two of the guys who allowed the most pressure in the league, and now you have two of the guys that are allowing the least. When it comes to hearing stats about pressures given up and stuff like that, I'm a little bit hesitant when it comes to having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers behind you just because he is known for really getting the ball out quick with how well he audibles. So I, that one's kind of like a wait and see for me. But when it comes to no penalties and stuff like that, those are key because even if Aaron Rodgers is to get the ball out quick, that doesn't prevent you from holding somebody or getting a false start or something along those lines. Well, and also included he, in that, though, is there's no screen passes, it's no RPOs or anything like that included in it either. Really now? Yes, so that's, 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 that, yeah, that's, that's included in that. Wow, that is an amazing stat then. I've, that is a mind-blowing stat that he's only given up one pressure when it doesn't involve a screen. Yeah, one hurry, four pass. pressures. I mean, still, over 16 games, that's crazy. <laughs> That is a ridiculous amount, and I feel like Herbert's going to be one of those kind of guys that like plays like the video game on the hard level, and then one day he's like, screw it, I want to see what the easy level's like. I feel like he's going to be doing that when it comes from last year's offensive line to this year. He's going to be like, oh, this is what three seconds of, of time feels like. Wow. <laughs> no, 100%. I mean, it, it's going to be bizarre 
to see the Chargers potentially having a really good offensive line in 2021. But we've heard so many times that this team is committed to fixing the offensive line, David, and then we haven't seen those actions take place, right? It's always value deals on guys like even Brian Bulaga. That was one that waited. You know, they waited that out and pulled him in. It's the Matt Slossons of the world. It's the Mike Pounceys later on in free agency, right? I mean, they're just not the ones that are supposed to be making these kind of moves. Even though we all wanted Lindsley, I mean, we still weren't sure what was going to happen. This is a premier guy at the top of his game, a young guy that's in his prime, and now the Chargers fill two positions. You feel really good about both players, but you still have work to do. I mean, right now, as we see it, there's still a big hole at right guard. There's still a big hole at left tackle. And with what they are paying him, I mean, between him and Michael Davis, you're only paying those guys $13 million of your 40 plus million dollars in salary cap spending space for 2021. I mean, that's ridiculous. And I don't think the Chargers are done yet in free agency building this offensive line pretty much from scratch. Yeah, I mean, you feel really great about it, though. I mean, when was the last time you could say that three positions on their offensive line was average or above average? I mean, that's crazy to, to say that, but that's the reality. The Chargers even have not even had three quality guys on the offensive line in a very, very long time. So the fact that they have these guys entrenched and on very reasonable contracts, I mean, they basically cut Trey Turner and brought in two or brought back two guys almost. I mean, what? that's just insane. I mean, the Chargers did a great job with this, but yes, they are not done. They still have to fill left tackle. They still have to fill right guard, but I think there's there's some options out there to fill the, the guard position and the tackle position if that's what they choose to do, but I think right now, as it stands, you feel much better about the Chargers offensive line than you have in a very long time. Yeah, and I think, you know, you wouldn't need to have to fill this many positions if Tom Telesco had done a great job in the first place of having guys to come in when these guys' contracts ran out. I mean, obviously, the Chargers couldn't even put together a competent first starting five on the offensive line, but... I would just say that this is major improvement from the Chargers and their strategy in the past of, you know, spending money on skill players and things like that. This looks totally different as far as their strategy to attacking this free agency period. And guess what? A lot of the teams who win free agency don't usually win on the field, but for the Chargers to have such a dramatically bad offensive line and have two pieces that are pushing you towards a good offensive line, that's huge, right? And so I think that... This is a great That's a first good step. point you make. That's a great point you make. You don't win Super Bowls by winning free agency, but with the Chargers situation, you're winning because you're fixing the offensive line. If you would have signed some high-priced wide receivers right. and running backs and linebackers, you wouldn't be doing any justice to this team. It's about fixing your team, and the Chargers did that. They, they're not winning free agency, but they're winning their goals is the best way to explain it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I mean. I mean, there's just such a gap between the guys that they had in the positions and the guys that they're bringing in to fill in those positions. It's just hard to imagine, even right now, if they put Cole Toner and Trey Pipkins in at right guard and left tackle, respectively, that the offensive line wouldn't be better than it was last season. That's crazy to think about with those two guys. So I think this is a great start. I think a name to watch out for as far as the right guard is still Larry Warford. 
I mean, the interior offensive line, or at least the guard position, the market's been pretty low on that. I mean, you could get him for a deal that's probably even less than what Matt Filer just came in for, and he'd have an opportunity to play for a young, exciting head coach and an offensive coordinator that he played with when he was in New Orleans, so they might have some connections there too. So a lot can still happen, but free agency got off to a bang, and we will be here with you guys to break down all of these different moves. I'm not sure if we'll be on for tomorrow. If any giant news happens, we are going to probably have to do some sort of emergency show, but I am coming back from vacation tomorrow, so it is going to be pretty hard to do. But on the next show, if no new Chargers news comes out, we'll still have... Rayshon Jenkins to talk about, him going to the Jaguars. Nick Vigil goes to the Vikings. Still no news on Hunter Henry. We'll probably have that by the next time we talk to you guys. It's going to be a bananas week, and we hope that you guys keep joining us for the rest of it. But that is going to do it for today's show. Until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page at Locked On Chargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, whether it's Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. That's the easiest and fastest way to get the show. If you guys want to leave a voicemail giving your free agency reactions, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail on the show. Well, day one was crazy. The rest of the week still has to be crazy too, right, guys? So we'll be back here with all of the latest Chargers free agency news. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.